This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, and iHeartRadio. If you'd like to send me an email, Exxon at ExxonRadioTV.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio. And you can find out what other great programming we have available for you, 724-365, on the Exxon Broadcast Network, simply by going to XZBN.net. My guest this hour is uh, Danny Lateris. He is the author of 12 books and has uh, received national and international acclaim. Some of his novels have been translated into Italian, Russian, and Japanese. His short stories and poetry have appeared in numerous national and international magazines, journals, and anthologies. He enlisted in the U.S. Navy after high school and served in Vietnam as a Marine combat corpsman in the 1st Recognizant Battalion, earning a Bronze Star Medal with uh, Combat V. He has a BA and MFA from Florida State University and was a firefighter in Norfolk, Virginia, until his retirement. Joining me now is Danny Lateris. And Danny, welcome to the Exxon, my friend. Congratulations, and thank you for your service to our country. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you, Rob, for having me on, and uh, thank you for your service as well. Man, you are one busy guy. My gosh, 12 <laughs> books, and, you know, you're a former smoke eater, and as you and I were talking before we went on air, uh, I have uh, enormous respect for uh, for first responders, you know, firefighters. Uh, God bless you for the great work that you've done and uh, that uh, firefighters around the world continue to do and like I was saying, man, I'd rather face somebody coming out of a bank with a with a blaring M sixteen than to ever contemplate running into a burning building. And as we had shared earlier, uh, I'm just the reverse. I had seen what police officers had to face on the on the streets and on the fire ground, and uh, I'd rather take a burning building any day than a domestic violent uh, situation when I've seen Mm -hmm. the guys walking past me, uh, pieces uh, in hand, and, uh, you know, eyes wide open knowing that the unknown is facing them. So I have a great respect for police, fire, and rescue, those paramedics out there, what they see and they do, 
Oof, it's tough stuff, you know. It truly really is. I love them all. <laughs> you know, I look at the young guys that are wearing the badge these days, and and you know, their bulletproof vests, their webcams, their body cams, this, that, and the other thing. When I was a cop, I was I was the officer responsible for thirty two square miles, lone officer, lone car, wow. and you know, wow. we we didn't wear bulletproof vests back then, you know. And so times have changed, and God bless these guys who take care of us. Danny, how did you go from firefighter to author? Uh, well, you know, I've, I have an MFA, a Master of Fine Arts. Mm-hmm. Uh, my degrees were in theater and playwriting. And uh, so I have a long time uh, affiliation with writing and in the performing arts and in and the arts in general. So I was a writer long before uh, being a firefighter. And, um, and, and so I... <laughs> I had I, I engaged in performing arts in New York and all of that for mm-hmm. a period of time, and I did theater, and I left that because it was really hard to try to make a living at that. And I pursued playwriting, and you know, as far as, as getting published uh, and getting done as a, a playwright is even harder. So it was an easy transition for me to go to uh, writing novels, fiction. And my training as a playwright, as a director, even as an actor, really uh, lends great service to the kinds of work that I write, the style that I use, uh, and the, my my sense of originality uh, to uh, literature. All right, so stand I've by, been Danny. I've a very to... long time. Danny, we've got to take a break. Please stand by. So Nation, sure. Danny Lateris is our special guest. And if you'd like to find anything out about Danny, it's very simple. Google him. Danny, or D-S. L-L-I-T-E-R-A-S. It's that plain, it's that simple. And uh, we'll both be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? 
Wire crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere. Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? Will the new insights be too good to be true? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good To Be True, visit www.xzbn.net. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at Songs and Stories for Soldiers. Soldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Just yesterday morning, they let me know you were gone. Suzanne, the plans they made put an end to you. Walked out this morning And I wrote down this song I just can't remember Who to send it to I've seen fire And I've seen rain I've seen sunny days That I thought would never end I've seen lonely times When I could not find a friend but I always thought that I'd see you again Exxon Nation, my guest this hour is Diaz Lateris, And uh, if you'd like to find out more about Danny, all you have to do is Google Diaz Lateris. Uh Danny, uh, is there a spiritual metaphysical component to your work? There's a spiritual metaphysical component to all my works. The idea behind it is... Uh, is a search for meaning uh, in my trilogy and including my syllables of rain. Uh, it's a spiritual journey, a Zen Buddhist journey, as a matter of fact, in that particular uh, set of books. Uh, you know, trying to find the right things, the right ways to live, the right behavior. So, you know, in my Vietnam uh, book, uh, again, the, the spiritual component is 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 trying to do the right thing in an impossible situation and an impossible war. And in my flames and smoke visible, my goodness, being a firefighter, it's the right you know, people doing good work with kindness mm-hmm. and compassion and risking their lives to do it. There's a lot of spiritual component in all my works. And uh including my I have a series of biblical historicals that uh uh will obviously have that metaphysical uh, visionary, uh, uh, alternative, historical uh, component to it. Danny, why did you write Vietnam Man? What makes the subject of this book different from other books on this subject? Well, you know, Vietnam and is 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 a book that you know really it's the Mount Everest for any for any uh, veteran coming home from the war. It's at least for me, who an artist and a writer. Forty-five years later, I wrote that book, and you know you you opened up your segment with fire and rain, yes. James Taylor. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, that's the first song I heard pulling in Tallahassee, Florida, for Florida State University, virtually one month out of the war. And boom, you know, that just brought me back to that place uh, where, you know, here I am, a veteran surviving the war. And, you know, 
all these years later, I wrote Vietnam. It's the concept of the Vietnam is, is that, you know, we went to the war, but we brought Vietnam back with us. Yeah. And it remains within us. And hence, we are Viet Minh. Hence, Viet Man, the novel. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's this warriorship that should be a good thing. It defines who we are. It certainly has helped define who I am as a man through all those years. And I think I've been better for it. Uh, why? Uh, you know, I, I lost a cousin in Vietnam. Uh, he was, uh, he was, uh, they were just landing and they were going on to the beachhead and this is where my cousin Frankie lost his life. I worked with officers who had been in Vietnam and, you know, I, I for one could never understand why the American public did not give the returning veterans the love and the admiration that I, that I believe they, they deserved. That's a great question. That's great unknown. Um, and fortunately, on a personal level, I have plenty of, of support coming mm-hmm. home. My family was very much, you know, a loving home, right. and I, I didn't have to to deal with that. And uh, you know, I went into the arts, and I rather kind of like disappeared in the arts, and then I went back into the saddle again and became, you know, I, I, I rejoined the Navy and became mm-hmm. a diving and salvage officer in the Navy, and then, and then I went into the fire department after that. And, you know, so I've, I've stayed immersed in it, but I don't know the answer to that question. Um, I think that there are more veterans out there that um, adjusted well because of good families, good wives, uh you know, good kids, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it was a war that I think I was mishandled in so many different ways. And, um, I, I, you know, the American people, they they were confused. You know what I mean? And I don't know why. I haven't an answer to that question. I really don't. Well, they were truly difficult times. And um, hopefully lessons were learned. And that uh, the knowledge and the compassion that has been learned through the loss of many on both sides will will one day be used to, to make this a better world. Well, absolutely. Yeah. And that, you know, writing Vietnam, um, I, you know, I, I wanted to, you know, present a combat environment that people who have never been to war or never will go to war can understand something accessible, nothing so outlandish, no, no crazy, you know, Ramboish kind of things. I mean, it was a straight a combat war book as I knew how to write. You know, it's with a character that did not have a history to him, a high school kid, mm-hmm. and I did not bring history of forty-seven years behind that person. I kept it as innocent and as honest as I could. And even though it's a book of fiction, you, you, you your logo. Uh, test, you know, that fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I feel like fiction has a mystery to it that even I still don't understand. But fiction has this capacity to capture the mystery of truth in a way that other kinds of books like nonfiction uh, often miss. So, you know, I'm, a, I'm really closely tied to fiction because it can reach into that that place called the truth that we it often eludes us and often we don't even know what what it is and so i tried to write a book that was really a literary form that just transcended even war itself it's about human beings mm-hmm. trying to get through a very difficult period in their life that other that the readers could identify with over the I hope year, that makes sense. It, it certainly <laughs> it certainly does, Danny, because over the years many authors have told me, as well as the members of the Exxon Nation, that the easiest way to get a message across to people that they want to get across in a book is by putting it into a, a fictitious scenario that right. people will ease more uh, e- well people will take to a fiction book and absorb the message faster than they will if it was a novel. Right. Well, I, I like to think so. I mean, a novel, like I said, reaches into that place. Yeah. And uh, fiction is the culture. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and what it does is it 
said it, 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 you, sh- you, sh- you, go, you show the experience, you don't explain it. And nothing more important than a character living the moment than the reader being told about the moment. So yeah. when you bring your reader into the experience itself, and, that's, and you know, my, all my books also operate in a way that uh, when a reader comes to my book, I want them to bring their own paradigm, their own spiritual self, their uh. own view of life into my work and engage in, in, in what I present to them. I, I don't necessarily challenge their belief systems, mm-hmm. but I, I hope I can illuminate that a little bit and support what they bring to the book as well. It's a very difficult thing to do, but I think fiction is the place that you could at least attempt to do that. Danny, how how were the reviews from members of the military to your book, Vietnam or Vietnam? Well, well they love it. Well, Vietnam has been very well received across the board. All the organizations love it. You know, I'm, you know, the uh, Vietnam Veterans of America, mm-hmm. and the VFW, the Marine Corps League, the American Legion, Vietnam First Recon Association. I mean, I go down the list, and uh, they have loved it and endorsed it. And uh, even uh, the International Association of Firefighters uh, uh, have endorsed it, uh, along with Flames and Smoke Visible. You know, these two books, even though Flames and Smoke Visible is about firefighters, mm-hmm. you have to realize, and I, I know you do, many of police, fire, and rescue were actually veterans of not only Vietnam, but veterans, period. Yeah. And, you know, that's where they go. And so, uh, you know, reaching out to... Of firefighters uh, is not a big leap to present them with either Vietnam or Flames and Smoke Visible. So, you know, it really is a crossover book for that whole community of men and women today. You know, that are both military, firefighters, police officers, whatever, you know. And then, of course, we hope we reach out into those who, you know, the citizens who don't know this life. You know, who don't know military and paramilitary life of the hard work and the giving and the dangers that present themselves to the people in this lines of work. And so I, I you know, I try very hard to create honest works, mm-hmm. you know, in Flames and Smoke Visible. Uh, you get a real sense of what a firefighter in their life. And it's not just a series of vignettes. It's a bona fide novel to the beginning, middle, and an end, and yet still you get a sense of the entire profession by the time you get to the end of the book, and you get to see the progress of this character and the why of this of this person and what happens to that person as well, and the people surrounding that particular firefighter, the other firefighters included. So it's a, it's a, it's a novel, uh, in, the, in the sense that uh, Vietnam is as well, and uh, yeah, I think that's pretty original in uh, in the fire service. Uh, uh, you know, writing a fire mm-hmm. service novel, and it's also a salute to the fire service too. I have to I have to tell you, it's a very positive book. You know, <laughs> so, Dan, uh, Danny, what was the hard I, what was the hardest part for you as an author when you were writing Vietnam? Well, you know, trying to get it trying to understate it, trying to be as honest and as straightforward about what really happened and what I really knew, mm-hmm. and not put in anything more than I did not know, including highs and lows that did not exist. You know, what combat environment I, I, I presented was straightforward, and yet, you know, has this this growing intensity. You get the you know, and, and, and it's bringing the reader the, a, a full sense of a year there without the entire year being presented to you, okay? So, and, and yet, there is they're presenting a work that shows then trying to do the right thing and being reduced to exhaustion by the end of their year. You know, when, when the character first starts off in Vietnam, He's this quirky young kid who has humor, and, and he's wide-eyed, and he's trying to figure things out. And as you, as you go along in this work, he matures, and he and this gets combat-hardened uh, uh, and gets seasoned. And then halfway through, he becomes a combat diver. And as he does that, he, he manages to survive 20 long-range patrols, 80 combat dives. Uh-huh. You know, he's, he's on the ground all the time. And by the time he's on that plane going home, he's tired, 
and he's grateful to be getting out of there, but he's okay. Danny, stand by, my friend. You and I have to take our break for the news at the bottom of the hour. Exonation to find out more about our good guest this hour. Danny Laterris, visit, uh, just go to Google, DS Laterris. And if you'd like to find out more about his books or where you could get a copy of his books, all you need to do is go to, uh, let me see, they just gave it to me over here a second ago, www.rainbowridgebooks.com. We'll be back on the other side of this break with a hero, a real-life hero here on the Exxon. Danny Laterris, don't go away. I've seen sunny days that I thought would never end. I've seen long... Are you curious? Do you want to learn more about how the world works and have fun at the same time? Study coincidences with me, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on my Connecting with Coincidence radio show here on the XZBN network. Listen to Jungians theorize, statisticians randomize, true believers evangelize, while I categorize. I dance to the rhythm of coincidences. People who experience me see more of them. Maybe something on the show matches a thought in your mind. Let us know. Expand your mind to the weirdness happening around you. Synchronicity spoken here, there, and everywhere. For more information, put Connecting with Coincidence in your search engine and find my website, my social media sites, and my blog. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Mnemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Mnemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today, Know the Name, Know the Person, or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen.
You know that it would be untrue You know that I would be a liar If I was to say to you Hey, girl, we couldn't get much higher Come on, baby, light my fire Come on, baby, light my fire Try to set the night on fire Exonation Danny Lateris is our special guest. And if you'd like to find out about Danny, all you need to do is Google his name, D.S. Lateris. And that is L-L-I-T-E-R-A-S, D.S. Lateris. Danny, um, let's talk now about your, your book that is entitled um, Flames and Smoke Visible. What was your inspiration for writing that? Oh, that's easy. It's the life of a firefighter. I mean, I, uh, I I always knew at some point that I would. Um, I, you, as you know, Dennis Smith uh, endorsed me, and he was the lead guy in writing about firefighting mm-hmm. on the ground, uh, author of Report from Engine Company 82, um, and a really nice guy. He was really kind to me uh, when I asked him to write a, uh, you know, uh, an endorsement, and he was happy to do it uh, after reading my book. So, I, uh, you know, it... This is, after I had my heart attack, I had time to reflect, uh, being in the hospital, trying to recover at home, and I realized this was the time to write the book. When I knew the job so well, and I wanted to show what the life was about, because it was a wonderful life. Mm -hmm. I love being a firefighter, and I love the men and women uh, who were serving with me, and I loved the fire ground. It was never a day's work. So um, the, my inspiration was all around me with the men and women that I worked with. And I, I loved the culture of firefighters. And uh, and it was, it was just an easy book to write. I, I don't think many people fully understand the family unity of a squad in a firehouse. I was wondering if you could take our listeners behind the scene of what a typical shift in a firehouse was like. Oh, yeah, yeah, you report, you know, on duty, it's it's a contact duty, you relieve the man uh, on the shift before you at uh, 6 o'clock in the morning, you're at lineup, after lineup, uh, the captain tells you what we're going to be doing that day in the house, Uh, people would get uh, their chores to do, uh, you know, cleaning engine, cleaning station, the cook going to be cooking whatever he's doing he collects the money uh for the food for the day and and then we'll do things like hydrant checks and you know go on the streets do whatever we have to do in and among of all those things at any moment the brass can hit and we're out, we're out on the street going to either a fire house fire car fire uh a car accident uh you know any number of incidences and uh in norfolk was a very very um busy fire department, and uh, I was at very busy fire stations. Um, so, you know, there was housekeeping, mm-hmm. there was a city a street work to do, uh, there was training to do, and of course, all the time, we're responding to fires wherever we were in our day. How and did, it was great. <laughs> how, did you, how did you and the other members of, the, of your company deal with the 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 uncertainty of when that brass was going to go off, when that call was going to come in. You know, whether it was in the middle of the day when you guys were having your your lunch or whether it was in the middle of the night when you had, you know, know, gone down for the evening to try and get some rest. Well, that was the primary job. I mean, that was always in the back of your mind. You were always, no matter what activity you were doing, Mm -hmm. you worked this activity knowing that you would have to stop and within a second when the brass hit. Whatever it is that you were doing, you put down, you head to the engine or the ladder or the squad, whatever you were on, and because you're going to be out of there in less than three minutes or in a minute. And even the cook, if he's no matter what he was cooking, mm-hmm. that brass hit, that stove went off, the eyes went off, and he's out, the, he's out of the galley and he's heading for the engine. And that's just the way you live. In the middle of the night, the brass hits, you're up. You're out of that bed. You jump into your, your night pants and boots, 
heads of the engine and you're out. And uh, and that's the life. You don't even think about it. It's understated. The guys, no hoopla to it at all. You know, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you stop and you go to your apparatus and you head to where you're going to go. And you button down, you put on your, you, you, you get your tanks on if it's a fire, and you get ready. And, you know, it's, it's a rush. I have to admit, it's a rush. <laughs> you know, un- unfortunately, the majority of America and the majority of Canadians were given an inside look into the reality and the hard work of firefighters when they watched the events of 9-11 unfold on television. As as a firefighter, right. how did you cope with that? Watching it on TV, knowing that your brothers and your sisters in uh, firefighters were were facing enormous odds. Well, you know, uh, we we look at it like anybody else. Uh, you, you see it from a distance, and in that case, certainly we all we all do. Uh, I remember. I think everybody knows where they were on that. Day. Oh yeah. And, you know, and I was at home. I had a day at work that, you know, that I'd gotten off that morning, and I was home and I was writing, as a matter of fact. And uh, I had turned on the TV just just when the airplanes were hitting the towers. And I went, what is this? You know, and then, like everybody else, uh, we found out what was going on. I, I have to admit, having you know, been a firefighter, I knew right away, boy, these guys are in it big time, right? I mean, I know that. I'm, I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. I'd hate to be on this high-rise, just, you know, this classic high-rise firefighting, right? I knew when the towers started coming down that there were a lot of NYPD dying because I knew those guys were in there. And I got to tell you, I, I knew. I You know, all the people that were dying, but I knew... Wow, there were firefighters going down today, and uh, it, it was it was it was terrible. I mean, there's no question about that. It it, it affected everyone, all firefighters, all police officers, all rescue people, and of course the civilians themselves. You know, it was truly a terrible day, uh, and a great loss uh, for many people. A great loss. A great loss for America. A great loss for yep. democracy. Danny, uh, there are many times as a firefighter where things are not the best of conditions. The things do not end up very well for the people. But there must be some jovial events that you can share with us. Oh, what kind of events did you say? Jovial, um, funny things that have happened. Uh, you know, things oh, things that have made sure. you and the company feel so proud to be firefighters. <laughs> well, I mean, if you really want funny, you know, yeah. there are times when things just aren't working right, you know, and you know, and and, and the brass hits at three o'clock in the morning, and mm-hmm. nobody, the, the the cylinders aren't firing in anybody's brain. And the and the Venban driver who knows and knows the district the back of the back of his hand can't figure out where he's going. The captain's having a hard time finding the map to the place. We're buttoning down and we're not knowing what the heck's going on. And everything has gone wrong. And we're late to getting on the scene. We're not first in engine. And when we pull up, we're just grateful. We're all chuckling to each other, saying, "Man, I'm glad this was just an alarm." <laughs> a false alarm because everybody do they were not they weren't doing so well you know what I mean and uh, so it's it's a subtle humor uh, but you know there, there's there's a lot of neat things that go on and you know taking care of our our fire station dog uh, called Bear who you know was always at that station we didn't know where he went sometimes and he would come back we'd always have some food on the apparatus floor to, you know and talking to him and and uh, but yeah i you know humor it was uh just being there with the guys joking around in the galley and uh just being human just being human something that i noticed about working with firefighters is that the the teamwork the camaraderie with firefighters is unparalleled. 
Well, yeah. I mean, that's how you, that's how we're trained. We're trained to be as a team. Like, we really know how to fill in that hole, what yeah. to do. When the, guy, the one guy's doing something else, you know what to do on this side. Or if you're a backup on the line, or if you're a nozzle man, whatever it is that you're doing, you, you really know, it becomes second nature. And, you know, I was, in the last station that I was in, I was, it was such a, a good bunch of guys. And uh, we had a, a great chief, uh, and uh, she was great. We had a great chief. She was. She looked out for us, and there's nothing better than having a great battalion chief that watches out for you, and a good captain that's mm-hmm. a friend, and all the guys together. We we worked together. We trusted each other. We watched out for each other. We backed each other up at the in the fires. Uh, it was it was a very aggressive fire company. And uh, we had a great reputation in the department. And uh, when we went in, we put that fire out. And uh, we did it like a machine. It was, it was, it was a wonderful feeling to be able to, um, to be a part of something like that. Uh, every kid loves a fireman. Every kid wants to be a fireman. You know, <laughs> and, and, and now there are, you know, when, when, they, when they started allowing... Ladies to be fire people, I thought that was fantastic. I yeah. really did. Oh, yeah. You know, it was just like having when, well, gosh, I, I remember when they started putting females in patrol cars, you know, it was great. A lot of yep. people couldn't understand, you. well, why, you know, that I, because, you know, they they have a different perspective on life than we do. You know, and, and it's the different perspectives, it's the different ways of working, it's the different ways of of just being humans that brings a a unique way of working following the professional guidelines that you've been trained and trained and trained to follow. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I had the very privilege to work with some very fine ladies in the fire service. One lady in particular I knew when we were both privates, regular tailboard firefighters. And as the years went by, she got lieutenant, she made captain, she made battalion chief. You know, she was in that pipeline where they needed women, but she was also very good. This is important to have been done, you know. And uh, she ended up being uh, a a house captain for me for a few years and my battalion chief. And it was great. She was we were very we're close friends to this day. Uh, she's retired as well, and we stay in touch. And she's ha- head of the uh, uh, Norfolk Fire Rescue Retirees. Uh, where she she writes the newsletter for the retirees newsletter, and so we, she keeps in touch with everybody. And she was <laughs> she was a great firefighter and an officer uh, through through the years. Hey, and, Danny. You know, like I said. Danny, we've got to take our final break. Please stand by, my friend. Okay. ExoNation, sure. uh, Danny Lateris is our special guest. And all Danny's books are available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and all major distributors on the net, as well as brick and mortar. To find out more about Danny, visit, uh, just check about on Google. That's the best way. DS Lateris. That's plain, that's simple. That's DS Lateris. Danny and I will be back as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. The time for Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media. 
Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Nation, Danny Lateris is our special guest. Uh, on uh, Google, all you have to do is just put in D.S. Lateris, that's L-L-I-T-E-R-A-S, and uh, all Danny's books are available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, at brick-and-mortar bookstores, and uh, online stores. Man, this guy is, he's just unreal, you know, like, Vietnam, U.S. Navy, firefighter. Man, we need more Dannys in this world, don't we, guys? We sure do. Danny, uh, once again, thank you for your service as a firefighter, as a member of the armed forces, and uh, congratulations on all of your books. But I'd like to talk to you this final segment about your new book that's coming out, I believe, in October called Syllables of Rain. Tell us about it. Syllables of Rain is uh, uh, the fourth book of a series dealing with Zen Buddhism in America. 
and it what it does is it creates it takes a trilogy, mm-hmm. my trilogy, uh, and makes it into a quartet. Although they're all independent independent books, and you don't have to read them in sequence. You don't even have to read one. You know, you can read them completely independently, not knowing about the other. But it's about two men, uh, Llewellyn and Cookie, whose lives intersect intersect the second time. They have been altered by the war and by Jansen, a charismatic Zen master who had entered their lives years ago and whose influence lingers despite his death. Now they're face-to-face once more you know, on the streets of Baltimore, and, and they have to, they've been forced to confront their past. As they, you know, they come to terms with the present and struggle to claim a future with the women they love. Because both men, in their, the, the women in their lives, have, have left them for very different reasons. And they are trying to figure out, you know, what to do about their lives. Now, Cookie is trapped in his own memories, and his struggle to cope with his guilt and regret has to do with Vietnam. And uh, Llewellyn, his his problem is, is that he has not been able to come to terms with the loss of his wife. He's a widow, widower. And his present relationship with Sandy has impacted on, on that relationship a lot. And, you know, basically his past has overshadowed their relationship. And uh, so now these two guys are kicking around the urban streets, trying to figure things out, and they embark on a spiritual journey to get them to where they need to go. So it's a little surreal in its sensibilities, and but, it, but I balance it with a, a sober unprotected reality and you know it's a short novel and it reads mm-hmm. very quickly and very deeply i hope <laughs> you know nothing is out of place you know and uh you know it's bottled with pure emotion and uh the scope and its themes and its mysteries i hope will entice the reader to to really ponder timeless questions that are big and small metaphysical questions spiritual questions that you know uh, part of every human being. So that's syllables of rain. <laughs> wow. Where do you think spirituality is today in America and around the world? Oh, I think, you know, spirituality is, it's, it's, it's always, it's part of the human condition, always has been and always will. And I think people are, the reason why we have the traditions that we have is because we're trying to figure out, you know, where we've come from, where we're going mm-hmm. and what we're doing now. And so, you know, I I, lo- I like all religious and spiritual things. I I, I like it. I, and I favor the mystics of any tradition because they seem to be able to cross over, you know, boundaries and cultures. And there's a centrality to almost all of them that kind of agree about the the, the basics of of existence, you know. So I, I I really love this stuff myself. That's why there's always a a, a visionary spiritual metaphysical compo, compo, component in all my works. So um, the condition of uh, of spirituality is always kind of a mess, but I think that's part of it, and I think any mystic will tell you that it is a messy affair, and that's okay. <laughs> and there's a lot of I don't know in the mystical spiritual world uh and that's also part of the answer as well uh, that's uh, what i think you know <laughs> Jan, uh, in your book syllables of rain jansen is a zen master how would you describe to somebody listening tonight what a zen master is well you know really he's a he's a teacher mm-hmm. he's a teacher of Buddhism. He's a teacher of life. But it's like trying to define what Zen is, is like, you know, you, 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 it's, it's like trying to define a Zen master. Quite frankly, really nobody knows. <laughs> I mean, you can go through the traditional route that he has been uh, tapped by another Zen master as being one. But what is the essence of that? Uh, it, it, it goes. It, it comes from the eyes and the knowledge and the way of behavior, uh, and that certainty of having understood something that he that he or she can impart. Mm-hmm. You know, in my books, I, I write uh, not only about the Zen 
uh, Buddhism and what a Zen master is, but also how trying to seek enlightenment can also be misguided as well. In my second book of the trilogy, Into the Ashes, it's about misguided uh, enlightenment, where Jansen, um, I mean, Llewellyn thinks he understood what Jansen was trying to teach him, and then tries to employ that to his other characters, to the people he knows, and makes things worse. Okay? So, you know, he thought he knew what it was, he thought he knew the answer to that, and he didn't. So, this elusive thing about what is it, uh, I don't really think anybody knows, and not even a Zen master can tell you what it is by definition. What they generally do is lead you to yourself. Then you know what it is for yourself. The best way I can kind of explain it. (laughs) We all wonder what the mystery of life is all about. What is the reason? Why are we born? You know, this, this existence that we're in is very perplexing. The moment we are conceived is the moment we start to die. And uh, there are so many people these days looking for the reason, looking for the truth, looking for the path. A lot of people are going back to religious philosophies that they've wandered away from. Others are looking for new new philosophies to examine. How do we explain this? Why do you think this is happening? Well, I mean, I, I think it's always happened. Uh, you know, newness is, you know, ironically is not so new. Yeah. What we find is that there's a centrality here that we go right back to the same place again. I don't care what tradition you use, uh, in what direction you go. Um, this, this whole newness thing is never quite that new. <laughs> and, uh, even the, the, the term the, the, that I don't think we use very often anymore, new age, yeah. is not really that new. No, it's you know? not. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I think that we're all, we're all seekers. Mm-hmm. We're all trying to figure out what it is that's going on in our lives, where we're going, what we're doing, why we live. <laughs> and, and that's the great mystery. And it's a good mystery. Um, and it's traveling into... Trying to figure it out whether you're going to or not, it doesn't matter. The fact is that if you're engaged in this, you're doing good, something good, I think, because you're, you're, you're trying to seek something gentle within yourself. That's a good thing. It you know? is. And I, and I, yeah, it really is. <laughs> what, are, what are your final thoughts for the Exxon Nation tonight? What is your message that you, Danny Letaris, would like to share with the world? Wow, that's... I wouldn't presume uh, such a such a statement. You know, uh, I wouldn't dare. I I think that to to try to to be kind and honest and uh, um, uh, enjoy your life and, mm-hmm. and share what you can with people who have less. Uh, you know, these are pretty basic concepts. There's nothing new to offer. You know, uh, an opinion of, of this kind. There's nothing new to offer that people don't already know. Uh, the right thing mm-hmm. to do is always in front of us. That's right. That yeah. Oftentimes we don't do it. You know, <laughs> we, you know, I can't, I can't add anything original to that. It's already there. All we, you know, what we have to do is simply do it. Yeah. And uh, and, and nothing. And that's the hardest thing to do, isn't it? it? I mean, it really is, isn't it, Rob? It sure is, my friend. It sure is. Like I've always said, that life is simple. We complicate it. Yeah, that's right. Hey, Danny, the time, is, the time has come, my friend, when you and I must say so long for tonight. I want to thank you ever so much once again for your service. Uh, and thank you so much for coming on the show tonight and sharing your experiences with us, your thoughts, and the information about your books. And I look forward to the next time you and I meet back here in the X-Zone. So until then, my friend, take care of yourself and be safe. Thank you. Take care of yourself as well. Exxon Nation, my guest this hour has been Danny Letaris. Now, once again, if you'd like to find out more about Danny, all you have to do is Google his name, D.S. Letaris. That's D period, S period, L-L-I-T-E-R-A-S. And Danny's books are available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, 
and at brick-and-mortar bookstores, as well as all other internet uh, places where you can buy your books. But it's also best to uh, kind of keep the business in your community. So check out your local bookstore first. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away, X-Zone Nation. <laughs> 